Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I am here with my co-host, Vic Mattis of The Free Beacon. We are your morning show for any hour. Um, we got a lot going on. Obviously, there's going to be an Israel and foreign affairs update, as well as a campus climate update. Mm, let's find out more about that. Uh, we have a speaker update, but God knows what's happening. Who knows? We'll see what we'll see by tomorrow. It'll be a whole different world. And some news from Oregon and Washington, D.C.'s crime spree, new crime environment. But before we get to that, before we get to that, Vic, how are you doing? Hello, Mary Catherine. One of the little joys in my life is watching movies. Now that my son is a teenager, watching just fun movies that I actually enjoy, right? And movies that he hasn't yet seen. So the other day, I, I don't know how it came up. But it was on Netflix, so we decided to watch Backdraft, the Ron Howard movie about firefighters from 1991. And so, and he liked it. He liked it a lot. He's a big Robert De Niro fan. And the, but the question is, does Backdraft hold up? Okay, I'm going to say yes and no. Okay. Okay. (laughs) The, the, it's so earnest. I mean, it's endearing in that way. It's just so earnest about firefighters are good and here's what they do. And the music is so uplifting. And even the villain is not really quite a villain in the sense that he's just trying to protect his, you know, firefighting his his brothers from these cutbacks, you know, and and, and job cuts, you know, because they can't do a good enough job putting out fires because right. of corruption in the city. So, you know, like the real villain is like the alderman. So I get that. that, that that's fine. Okay. What is bad about it? <laughs> Billy Baldwin. That's what's bad about it. You watch. He he can't act in this movie. And I mean, I guess, I guess I can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen Sliver. But really, it's so clear that he's there as the face. You know, he's there to bring in. Which, by the way, doesn't make sense because Kurt Russell is a face. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Okay. Like, I'm going to say it. And he's the, he plays the older brother. And he's oldish. I don't know how old Kurt Russell was at the time, but he is a good-looking man, Kurt Russell. And yeah, dude, from from charming. Disney days, oh yeah, Disney to days. rock and roll Santa Claus, the whole way, the whole thing, snack, the, thing. the whole Ab- way, absolutely. Grant to Guardians of the Galaxy, he is, and Snake Plissken, of course. But he is very charismatic, and he's of course an amazing actor. Billy Baldwin, awkward, the the line delivery. And I'll tell you what's weird. He's also playing opposite of Jennifer Jason Lee. And she's fine in other movies I've seen, Fast Times. But she is so stiff in this movie. Like she can't actually, her facial expression is like, yeah. it's like almost like a stroke victim where she can't actually, you know, do any. Express. It's weird. It's just very weird. Okay. Now here's the weirdest part about Backdraft. It came out in 1991. There is a scene where there is an arsonist behind bars played by Donald Sutherland. And Billy Baldwin needs to go to him to find out who he thinks the the person behind all these arson attacks and murders Mm -hmm. is. And he has to go to the prison. And it's a quid pro quo where he's like, okay, I'll tell you about what I think. But first, tell me about when you were a child and did the fire look at you? And I'm like, wait a minute. This seems so familiar. And of course, it was Silence of the Lambs. But the weirdest thing is they came out the same year. So it's not like one was, I think, stealing from the other. It just happened to be one of these really weird coincidences. Okay, Maybe that's what we were doing in 1991. We were were interfacing with our inner children. Maybe that's what we were doing. That's right. And talking to inmates for insight. Speaking of which, I should clarify that I was a child when I had a crush on child Kurt Russell. Okay. So I don't sound too much like inappropriate Vic commentary. And now I am a grown did you woman. Just say Vic commentary. How dare you? Okay. Now, Mary Catherine, did you see Backdraft in the theater, or did you see it later, or did you? No, not we see were it? definitely oh. a home video family. Oh, okay. It was very rare that we saw things in the theater. In the theater, so okay. I definitely saw that one on video. Did the fire engine, top of the fire engine scene, hold up for you there, Vic? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> it, it, I mean, but it's yeah. It, yeah I think you're. I good. think you're right that he's Billy is not top in the Baldwin brother rankings. Uh, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. And, and, and just kind of a bad actor in that movie. I will say this though, bone, you know what I really loved about it when made it work? Again, this is one of my long time, you know, complaints, practical effects. Yeah. 
they, it was dangerous, you know? I mean, so they always had these Chicago firefighters on the scene, you know, to make sure that everything that as technical consultants that, but they wanted real fire and it shows and you feel it. There was a movie I had to watch a couple of years ago with Angel- Angelina Jolie as a firefighter in like in a forest fire. Mm-hmm. The forest fires were all CGI'd. Yeah. So, and you can tell that the forest is not really on fire. I'm not saying that I want the forest on fire. You, you don't want Angelina arsoning an entire no, a- no, acreage. But she, of... No, she could have. She could have taken down the fire, but you're you're not convinced when you're watching it because yeah. it's like, okay, well, this isn't real. This is what am I watching here? It's like a cartoon. So that's all I want to say is backtra- backdrafted retrospect. Love the practical effects. Uh, Kurt Russell's great. Rebecca De Mornay is always good. Oh, we love Rebecca De Mornay. Yes, we do. But Billy Baldwin is not. So just leave it at that. In case you're wondering, <laughs> it's on Netflix. Check it out. Mary Catherine, how are you and where are you? Well, speaking of harrowing, I had, yes. to, I had, a, had a challenging travel day yesterday. I am in the lovely Southern California sun right now. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm in Southern California for an event. I'm giving doing a speech and just a sort of a election preview good political forecast type thing with with a liberal counterpart liz smith for the california chamber of commerce so that should be fun I'm sure it's gonna be very uplifting <laughs> i know right that's that's our challenge for this event yeah. keep it lunch appropriate uh, <laughs> at this luncheon anyway so i'm out here so i flew across the country had one stop on the way i didn't i didn't non-stop it this time i didn't get too fa- too fancy with it vic but when i got here Yes. Look, this is partially on me and partially bad luck. I did run my phone down to almost nothing while on the plane when I could have had it plugged in. Charge it. I, yeah, I you didn't. can charge it. That's a new thing. I could have now. used my computer on the plane <laughs> instead of my phone. I could have read a book on the plane. Yeah. I did not do those things. So I let it get low. And then here's the bad luck part. I, when I walked off the plane and tried to, or when I tried to at the last minute charge it, the charger had malfunctioned. So the USB was not oh. working anymore. So it was very, very slowly charging. And like it would do that thing where it blinks off of charging and then back yes. on charging yeah. off. Is it and because on. of frayed wires? Do you have the freight? That's my I think, problem. I think that's what's happening. Yeah, they do that on purpose so that you have to buy another one. So knowing this, I walk out into LAX and think to myself, I'll just pick up a USB. Easy peasy at one of these places but i took the wrong turn and ended up on the opposite side of the security before i got to a store oh no 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 (laughs) you mean you mean you went through the doors where you can't go back yeah so i couldn't go i couldn't go back i'm so scared of that i guess because they won't like it's like east germany you you can't you can't no you can't you can't cross that line so i'm like okay that was unwise Oh, so I'm not going back through security to go get a USB cord. I'm like, it'll charge. It'll charge. It's fine. I goes, I'll go sit at baggage claim. I've been on a plane all day and I'm like, I'm going to sit at back. I'd made this problem for myself. There's no one to be mad at but me. I'm going to sit at baggage. And there's claim no other plug- store where you are. No, because okay. now we're just at baggage claim. Okay. So I'm going to plug my phone in and see what happens. So I sit there for, I don't know, 20 minutes, letting it charge, just balancing it so okay. that it will stay with the little lightning sign on it and it gets up to two percent and i'm like this is not enough to get me to a lift right because (laughs) this is how everything is what are you going to do hail a cab with your like in the old fashioned and i have to get either a shuttle (laughs) or an uber to a rental car place which where i have a rental car i've figured that out i did that ahead of time lax is terrible so in the end i'm sitting there waiting for it charge it's not charging anymore so i take my two percenter and i go out to get the shuttle the shuttle has to take you to another lot where you get an uber to the rental car no no okay it's a lot and the shuttle isn't even short it's like a 20 minute shuttle to the place where you can get a cab from the airport i mean wild wild you can get a very luxury lyft or uber but you cannot get a regular one if you are just standing at the baggage claim so I go, and of course, my two percenter has gone to zero percent by the time I get there, at which point I have to do something unthinkable, Vic. Yeah. I got a cab. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, so you hailed a cab. Did you like wave? (laughs) I got a cab. There was a cab stand. 
Yeah. And I stood in line <laughs> and I got in a yellow car. Yeah. yeah. Put my bags in there. Yeah. Hoped he took credit card. I was going to uh, say, and then you paid cash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't you know I don't you have that? You slipped yeah. it into the slot. Yeah. You know. So so we drive over to my place to pick up my my car. And he actually, I will tell you, and this is the beauty of the market, because taxi cabs are no longer in demand, yeah. it costs $18 less than the Lyft yes. was showing me. Yes. They're trying, you so, know, competition is good in that way because then, you know, they, it forces them to either, you know, you go out of the business or you make a, a, a cleaner, a better experience. Yes. So my saintly cab driver let me charge my phone a little bit in there. So I got it up to like 8%. Oh, and he, and he was able to, he had a real charger. So that's good. So then I'm picking up my car and they've misplaced my car. But you know what? All of this is okay. Do you know why? Because why? the weather here is great. And, that's and right. so it's, once you get off the plane, everybody chill. even if you're standing outside, yeah. I know the LA people are spoiled, but I'm not spoiled. I get off and I stand waiting for my rental car that they've lost. And I think this is okay. But what did I do again while I was standing out there, Vic? I ran my damn phone down again. Were you looking? I ran it down. Were you and watching then I get in, videos on Twitter? Yeah, or and something? then I get in my car and I'm like, well, how am I going to get anywhere? Oh. How are you going to know where to go, MK? Oh, no. Yeah, because now you need directions. What did you, did you have so, to go get a Rand McNally map from the gas station? I almost, I almost did. <laughs> you know what I did is I got a new USB from the gas station. And just in case anybody's oh, they, worried about oh, me, yeah. it was light yeah. outdoors. Yeah. And I went to a gas station right next to a Trader Joe's. So I felt like there that was go. pretty safe. Okay. I got myself a USB and I got on my way. It, it took some doing, but it made me think this, Vic. We used to live like that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like you would just be in a strange place and you would figure it out. Oh, I sometimes think about, you know, when I'm standing in line somewhere that people just stood in line. They were not looking at phones. <laughs> they just stood there, you know, deep in reflection yeah. Or maybe if you were smart, you brought a, like a newspaper. I remember right waiting in line to vote once and I you bring a newspaper, read the whole paper yeah. while you're there. And that I was, was on you know. I was on the shuttle sitting next to about a nine year old girl across from her family. She was the only person without a phone. So we chatted a little bit. Yeah. No, that's that. I, I was an adult from 1993 taking a cab, having no phone. And she was a little girl. And we chatted about they, the doll that she was playing with. They, I'm sure that was a good conversation. They, that's the big complaint that kids don't know how to read maps anymore and things like that, like an old fashioned map. But, and this is the funny thing. If I'm talking to my in-laws and I'm going somewhere, oh, you know about this place? I go, yeah. And I have my phone. So it shows you and immediately forget the phone. They got to take out this ginormous map and then spread it out on the dining room table yeah. or an atlas, you know, yeah, you got to orienteer. That's it. Is that that's the word? It. You got to orienteer. Orienteer. Ori I'll, I'll tell you this. The exact opposite experience from like two years ago, we went to visit our friends up in Maine, right? The Eastlands and the Messengers. Nice. And I had never been to Bang. I, we flew to Bangor Airport, right? So we get to Bangor and I said, we're going to rent a car because, you know, you need a car up there in Maine. So we get it to the airport. You just walk out of the, you know, the gate and the rental car place is just, it's a very small airport. So we go there and I'm expecting a line. There's no line. Go right up to the Hertz. And I said, okay, we're here. I got my papers to pick up this car. Where do I have to go? She goes, oh, it's right out there. I go, well, no, I mean like, you know, like they probably need to take a shuttle or something. And no, 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 your car is out there. I go, well, where exactly? She goes, and she's pointing at it. She goes, it's literally it's that out. car. Like you look out the window, there's your <laughs> Nissan and uh, the key's in it already. And you're like, what? And then, you know, you go out of the parking lot, boom, you're on the road. Love it. Yeah. Love it. That is, that's airport. a small airport we experience. Love Bangor. Yeah. We love, love that. All right. We should probably get to the news. Let's do it. All right. So we have updates from Israel. Yeah. Meanwhile, inappropriately, I pull up my browser and it has just a big picture of heartthrob Kurt Russell in backdraft because I was Googling while you were talking about <laughs> that story. He's a man, man. Okay. <laughs> All right. But. The Israel ground incursion seems mm -hmm. poised to start soonish into Gaza. What's discouraging about this, of course, is that there has been so much consternation about Israel doing anything to defend yeah. itself even before there's yeah. a ground incursion, which, by the way, will be extremely costly to the IDF. Yeah. Because they will be attempting to spare civilian lives while they yeah. do this work. We're not intentionally. Yes. 
you know, ridding Gaza of right. Hamas. So this is CNN reporting. A ground incursion by Israel into Gaza now seems inevitable. On Thursday, Israeli defense minister told troops gathered near the border that they would soon see the enclave from the inside and Gaza will never be the same. He later pledged the expected incursion will be the last maneuvering inside Gaza due to the simple reason that Hamas will cease to exist. It might take a month too, but eventually there will be no Hamas. Yes. I was watching the other day, Musab Hassan Youssef, who's the son of a Hamas commander, and he has been working with the Israelis and he is pro-Israel now. And he gets it. And he said that the only option for Israel is to rid Gaza and the Middle East of Hamas and end the brainwashing of the children who become killers. They were talking about the aid and the importance of getting aid to the people of Gaza. And he said, you know who's not getting aid? The hostages. That's who's not. But, and as you know, there have been a trickle of hostages released. The first ones being the, the extended family that Martin Fletcher mentioned on MSNBC. And then I believe two others. I don't want to, I hate to paraphrase Trump on this when he was talking about Hezbollah and say that they're geniuses, but Hamas knows what they're doing, right? They know exactly what they're doing and they, and they, and it's working because if they can stretch this out and say, Hey, well, hold on now, before you do a ground invasion, maybe we'll let a, a couple more. They have over 200 hostages to choose from, they can release a couple, delay the invasion, and the longer you delay it, the more people will start to, you know, say, well, let's see if we can let you know, give peace a chance, let diplomacy work both sides. And it happened. And I know you're going to we're going to talk about this in a moment about uh, Barack Obama's statement and Karine Jean-Pierre Biden the other day did a thing we condemn, you know, Islamophobia as well as anti-Semitism. So what's the plan? Is it like they were somehow going to negotiate the release of the other 198 and in exchange for what, right? So that Well, that's can, the thing. They can keep asking so, for things as well. Yeah. And they have imprisoned Hamas terrorists, some of the United States. Is the plan that we release them so they can one day kill more, you know? And, and, and then what about the murdered 1,500 already? We just going to leave Hamas in control of Gaza and well, that's fine? In a in a rare, uh, you love to hear it for a huge, huge segment of Hollywood. First Rally. of all, a, a group of led by Alyssa Milano put out a statement asking for a ceasefire a couple of, of days ago. I saw that one. And a it responding, was yeah, and a responding statement has come from the likes of Amy Schumer, Sasha Baron Cohen, Chris Rock, Gwyneth Paltrow, Katy Perry, Bradley Cooper, Justin Timberlake. Gwyneth Paltrow? Did you say Gwyneth Paltrow? I did indeed. Oh, okay. Called hashtag no hostage left behind. We are heartened by Friday's release of two American hostages, J Judith Renan and her daughter, Natalie Renan, and by today's release of two Israelis, Nurit Cooper and Yochavid Lifshitz, whose husbands remain in captivity. But our relief is tempered by our overwhelming concern that 220 innocent people, including 30 children, remain captive by terrorists threatened with torture and death, and they ask that every voice rise up to do this bare minimum, which is to get civilians out of this. By the way, should I just point out Hamas could surrender and give these people yeah. over and everything would be over now. That's right. Now. That's right. But it's not the plan. I was also going to mention this other Hamas commander, Baraka Ali. He was on Russian television giving an interview, and he said that this operation took years of planning. And the key was to convince the Israelis and the West that they were actually interested in governing when in fact they had only one interest and that's to kill. Again, they don't want a, they don't want a piece of Israel. They, they want all of it. Well, and, and again, you know. that's what makes the ceasefire calls so yeah. obtuse and wrong Right, is that if you have someone on the other side saying that, regardless of the fact that there are indeed other people in Gaza who are not aligned mm -hmm. with that entirely... If you leave that threat looming, you will incur right. the same losses again. This is what they desire to do. They've yeah. made it very clear. Yeah. So Admiral John Kirby, the White House spokesman, one of the spokesmen, he said the other day that, you know, the U.S. will respond in our own, our time of choosing, right? But I keep thinking we haven't had any definitive response to the 30 some odd Americans who were murdered by Hamas. And- God knows who else who may be still hostage over there. And it's just this idea that, I don't know, if, if, if you were to tell me terrorists kill 30 Americans, shouldn't we respond? And Hamas is, a, in fact, a U.S.-designated terror group that we would, that the President Biden would have something more definitive to say about this. Again, 
you know, the U.S. has been attacked by Iran and its proxies like, supposedly it was like 86 times, right? And we've only retaliated four times. You know, I don't know why we are want to buy them. Well, all we're doing is buying them more time. Right. And I think they just know, they know that we're going to do that because we're a joke to them. Well, and yeah, I think it's a matter of how much emphasis is put on these yeah. things, as you point out. And look, I think the, the loss to Israel was so great that I was a bit remiss in not focusing more and mentioning more that 30 Americans lost their lives and there are Americans inside yeah. Gaza, right? But it is surprising that it isn't much of the talk, especially since much of the media has moved on yeah. to the crisis, yeah. the humanitarian crisis inside Gaza. As an example of this, former President Obama wrote on Medium, he had uh, some thoughts about this conflict. Yeah. It's nice that he has a column on media now that he can self-publish. I thought he was going to paywall me. I clicked over it to it and it looked like it was going to sell me on Medium subscriptions. And I was like, whoa, 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 President Obama. But when we talk about emphasis, I, I checked it. This is a pretty long piece he's written. Yes. 110 words of it are devoted well, to 1,400 uh, deaths. Not a surprise uh, coming from somebody who is writing multi-volume memoirs. So it's not, yeah. not just... So the first two paragraphs are devoted to 1,400 people dead and mm -hmm. 200 yes. plus hostages. And then you know what's coming. Mm -hmm. But I'll read the third paragraph. But even as we support Israel, we should also be clear that how Israel prosecutes this fight against Hamas matters, in particular it matters as President Biden has repeatedly emphasized that Israel's military strategy abides by international law, including those laws that seek to avoid to every extent possible the death or suffering of civilian populations. Yes, wither that law two weeks ago, right? The international law. Yeah, yeah. No we, one else we, we demand one side abide by the international law. By the way, I guess, it's, I guess it's like only cool to drone strike weddings when it's Barack Obama. Oh, that is, yeah. Or Joe Biden, for that matter, when Just we were say, supposed to respond oh, yes, after when the we Afghanistan pullout, and he killed terrible. an innocent family. Nobody seems to want to keep up, you know, bring that up, except um, here on the show. Yeah. So that's that's the focus. And beyond that, Corinne Jean-Pierre, who has now oh, walked this back a bit, but at yesterday's briefing, Stunning. I believe we have some auto, audio of her being asked about some of the things we've seen stateside. Level of concern right now about the potential rise of anti-Semitism in light of everything that's going on in Israel. So a couple of things. Um, look, um, uh, we have not seen uh, any credible uh, threats. I know there's been always questions about uh, credible threats. Uh, and so I uh, just want to make sure that that's out there. But look, uh, Muslim and those perceived uh, to be Muslim have endured a disproportionate uh, number of hate-fueled attacks. Uh, and certainly President Biden understands that many of our Muslim Arab, Arab Americans and Palestinian American loved ones and neighbors are worried about the hate being directed at their communities. And that is something you heard the president speak to in his, uh, in his address uh, just last, last Thursday. And so uh, one of the things that the president has done is directed his team, uh, uh, Homeland Security team, to prioritize prevention uh, and disruption of any emerging threats that could harm the Jewish, the Muslim, uh, Arab Americans, or, or any other communities. And that is something that the president has sought to do and, and since day one. As you know, the president ran on, on, um, on you know, bringing protecting communities, obviously, but bringing people together, the soul, uh, uh, protecting the soul of the nation. Uh, and so um, that is something that the president takes very, very seriously. Uh, and um, you know, we're going to continue to denounce any sort of hate uh, towards any American here. Uh, and so that's what we're going to continue to be steadfast on. Again, he has, he has uh, uh, advised, directed his Homeland Security uh, team to make sure that they're on top of this. She passed on that question. I, no, I'll tell you what. I think I have it figured out. I think I had to figure it out. She was anticipating a question about Islamophobia and Islamophobic acts. And so whatever the question was, it was blah, 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 you know, Israel, blah, blah, blah. Forget about the anti-Semitism part. Or maybe she thought in her mind it was going to be something else. And then, boom, the message. Because it's all pre-programmed, right? And she stays on message. So I think, I don't think... I really, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. You're kinder, you're kinder than is. I am. I'm giving the benefit of that. Like in her mind, she wanted to get this message out. And so she just was in her mind, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's this one. And then you, you, you input the answer. And the answer was to the wrong question. Is she now saying, oh, I misunderstood the question? Or 
Or, or, okay. or is she saying, oh. I, I will read her update. Okay. She tweeted, to be clear, the president and our team are very concerned about a rise in anti-Semitism, especially after the horrific Hamas terrorist attack in Israel. Yeah. But the thing is, she tweeted that. She didn't say it live. And she didn't say it at the moment. At the moment, she said. It's weird. We don't see anything. We don't see anything of concern. In New York, there's video of large crowds. Oh, sure. As they have yes. the perfect right yes. to do, assembling and chanting. There's only one solution. Intifada ref- revolution. Yep. I think yep. we all know what that means. A rabbi in Detroit was murdered, stabbed yep. to death, and we are yet to have the exact facts of that case, but well, certainly reason to be concerned. Police there say uh, motive is uh, unclear and they have no reason to believe at the moment it was a hate crime. And which, then hold, on, hold yeah. on, but like this is the rallies again mm-hmm. that are free speech and hate speech is free speech. Yeah. An equivalent would be if the Trump White House saw rallies in support of the Charlottesville killing. Yeah. Yeah. All over the country. Right. And they were celebrating right. on the streets. And no one needed to say anything yeah. about that or no one yeah. was concerned about that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it defies belief that that right. would be the case for the press or for someone like Corinne Jean-Pierre. And yet the White House was just tweeting the same message. Right. Backed up by her in this – because I think that's what they're focused on because they're stuck in this sort of academic loop. Yeah. Where yeah. – the real victims can't be the victims. I, I was thinking that when she said there were no credible threats, she was thinking about terrorist alerts. But and, and if that's true, I hope she's right. But again, I feel like she has these canned answers in her mind. And so when certain questions come up, that she just regurgitates the point. And I think this was like an error when she did this to this to this woman's question, but that's being charitable. I understand you that. are being. I, I, I you know what? And I and don't get me wrong. I think she's terrible. She's terrible, and 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 she really does well. She stays on message. Well, and nobody who, who would want to stop the through line. Also, for so much of this administration, is that the brand is empathy, and the product is the opposite of it. Yes. This. Yeah. I mean. The Jewish community, and I saw people tweeting about this yesterday, has, has been through something extremely traumatic yet again. Right. And I think it's having more of an impact than the people speaking about it publicly in this administration, at least, yeah. are recognizing. Do you do you um, think they secretly know or do you think that they're completely oblivious about the, what, what, what's going on here? And the problem, I think there's the problem just, that they have in this country as well as obviously. In I think there are just so many political allies who are they don't want to tick off yeah I and they're also very consi- steeped, i know i i think that's a big they're very steeped in this ideology yes yes they are and they also seem to think that you know their their other their beliefs in other areas particularly when it comes to you know equity and dei and uh, and and human rights and, and certainly for you know like the lgbtq you know community and they seem to think that that gels perfectly with what's going on with uh, the Palestinians, when in fact, it's not quite an overlap. Right. Right. I mean, there are certain issues that Hamas might not agree with them on. And the, here's the other thing. You mentioned this before, which is the we're now getting visual proof, right? Because Israel's like, okay, you people have been questioning, where is the proof? And we have collected enough of the evidence and gone through it all. We're going to now present this to you. And it's beginning to come up sometimes unexpectedly if you're going through your Twitter feed and you're not prepared for it. It's horrific. And the first thing that came to mind in, in the attacks, especially on these kibbutzim, are there was a book by Jan Gross called Neighbors about the Polish village of Yedvabni during after the Nazis invaded. Right. And really, it was partly, obviously, the Germans, but there was a good chunk of the people in that town that said, hey, we're happy to do the work for you. And you're beginning to hear about this now. As, as stories come out, our own Andrew Tobin, who is based in Tel Aviv, he has written about this and how you know, Hamas invited all Palestinians to cross over the border and just go crazy and do what you want. And, and, and there are eyewitness reports that these are people who are not part of Hamas doing horrific, horrific things. But at the same time, I'm thinking none of this is going to convince them. You know, Rashida yeah. Tlaib is not convinced that uh, a Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket hit 
the parking lot of a hospital. She maintains no, she's, she's, she's triple downed on it. And she's just said it just uh, today. Did the New York Times ever correct the record? Oh, man. Did you see the correction? And David Halpfinger of the, of, of the New York Times, he, he tweeted it out. And he says, when we get something wrong, we admit it. And I said, oh, this is going to be good. I clicked on the link. And they said that it was a rush to judgment. They did insist they were saying Palestinians say, but they never say. And in fact, it turns out it was a Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket that hit the parking lot and the hospital still standing. Instead, it basically ends saying we should have rushed. But, you know, uh, the Israelis, they said something different. So who knows? Yeah. No, it's not our we job to sort knowledge. these things out or anything. By the way. Again, I'm going heavy on the analogies to American politics, but because the media can sort of understand this in their uh, myopic view of the world, imagine the media running with Proud Boys press releases. Yeah. Now, I don't think Proud Boys and Hamas are analogous and like in their viciousness or their goals or any of that. But for the media, perhaps the media actually views them as far worse than (laughs) Hamas, right? Yeah. But imagine them taking the word of a group that they deem to be on the other side. And just say, oh, well. They would never do it. They would never do it. Right. And just say, oh, well, you know, fog of war. We printed something from them. The distinction of Hamas health ministry and Hamas is, 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 that's a very fine distinction. So uh, yeah, that's- By the way, life imitates art from the KJP incident because not only did the Babylon Bee have ready to go before this happened, in strong response to rising hate, crimes against Jews, Democrats denounce Islamophobia. But somebody noted, they keep doing the Norm meme, yes, which is the Norm McDonald tweet. What terrifies me is if ISIS were to detonate a nuclear device and kill 50 million Americans, imagine the backlash against peaceful Muslims. This is, it <laughs> yes. is the meme. No, and they, and, and, and they, and people were saying that Biden just did that. He just did it. He just did it. Again, Americans uh, again, have been killed. The, em- and- the empathy, not so much. Yeah. Not so much. Can we do a little a little campus climate? Yeah, let's go. Oh, I should also mention that there were pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas gatherings in Skokie, Illinois, which is uh, famous, famous for being the home of the Nazi march that was um, the basis yes. of a of a very important free speech uh, decision. And they were they were they were represented by the ACLU. Yes, and I think they relocated um, the march, but nevertheless. And, and Skokie is a very, is, it was a, a, a large Jewish community there. Yes. Many, many Jews settled there when they came to America. There was this pro-Palestinian slash pro-Hamas gathering uh, that ended at least in one situation in the beating of a Jewish man yeah. on the street. That, if, you, if you look closely, you can see where that passes from free expression to not mm-hmm. in the video. And again, no one's, no one's worried about any of this. Meanwhile, on campus... And again, this is where I do think a, a principled free speech stand, you must stick up for people who say disgusting yeah. things on campus and that they have the right to say those things. You know what they don't have the right to do, Vic? Yeah. They don't have the right to stop other people's speech. They do not uh-huh. have the right to pull down these posters, which a bunch of disgusting people are doing. They've been, I, I, watched, a, I watched a video, by the way, of students doing this, tearing down posters and being confronted. And it's like, why are you tearing down this picture of this child who is kidnapped? And it's unclear to me if they believe it's lies and propaganda. It never happened. Or, or it's going to help the other side gain sympathy. And we can't have that for the colonizers. And they're just like these brainwashed kids. Well, yes, I think it's. They hate. Israel. I think it's a little bit of like. And some of them is, are Jewish. I know some of them are Jewish. I, I saw I know, that. I but know. they hate Israel. I do think schools, this is a clear line, schools should sanction students yeah. who are caught doing this because yeah. that is blocking other people's speech. That is not free expression. And that's one where you can send a message that we are not going to allow this. Same with when they cross over into violence or sure. cross over into vandalism. Sanction them. Yeah. Your message can be disgusting while you're speaking. You can't cross over into this other stuff. And by the way, speaking of what they actually believe, yeah. the Harvard-Harris poll, which is a legit poll, interviewed young people, polled them this week and found that 51% of college-aged adults believe that Hamas killing 1,200 civilians was justified. Oh my gosh. More than 50%. Again, 
again, could you find 51%? This, just imagine this going the opposite yeah. direction. Could you find 51% of Republicans or a an older, like yeah. a boomer age group who supported the killing of that woman in Charlottesville? Yeah. Who said it was justified? It's it's shocking because these are people who also think that, you know, the right wing are a bunch of, you know, fascist Nazis. And they're the ones who think that the killing of these Jews is, is okay. The the colleges are the ones, and the college administrators are the ones who are largely responsible for allowing this to happen. They hire these professors who brainwash these kids in the first place. And again, you have the shouting down on campuses and when you had conservative speakers arrive and that was okay. And, you know, until recently, there was beginning to be this pushback, certainly with the judge in California at Stanford who, who was shouted down and who was, you know, not just from students, but also a, a faculty advisor saying that, you know, his presence was, that was, was, was harmful and, and these people have lost their minds, but they've enabled that. And that's the problem. I just saw in a headline from the college fix that says that Harvard has now 2,600 more administrators than they do undergrads. There's all these people here. There's a giant bureaucracy and they're largely the ones who, you know, they're hiring these professors. You know, at the very, at happen. the very least, I think a nice thing to do would be to not subsidize the debt of these yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, great. again, I, if I, I could not be on the chart for the, the way, rest uh, of, six... for the rest of them. It's like a, it's a, it's a wake up call for, for certainly students maybe some professors and certainly donors to say, hey, wait a minute, what's going on? Oh, by the way, I have a piece in Outkick yeah. this week about this saying that, look, this is what I explained on the show last week, which is like losing a few students, losing six-figure job prospects yeah. because they came out pro-murder of innocent civilians is what we had before cancel culture, which is the most extreme speech yeah. is not encouraged, right. but you're free to express those things. Yeah. That was before everything was problematic right. and got punished. So it's a matter of degree. By the way, this polling also shows that 62% of the exact same group who thinks Hamas was justified can be justified by the grievance of Palestinians also thought the massacre was genocidal. So we're at justified genocide with the 18 to 24s. It's not a great look. Let me play uh, a little bit of a clip from a Columbia professor, an Israeli professor, really American, and his kids are, he has young kids, and he talks about why this is a problem. Yeah. An amazing seven-year-old son, every night before I tuck him to sleep, we read a chapter of Harry Potter. And yet, to the students, to the pro-terror student organizations at Columbia, my seven-year-old son is a legitimate target of resistance just because he's Israeli. I have a two-year-old daughter, a feisty two-year-old daughter. She has two songs that are her favorite, Baby Shark and Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. And yet, to the pro-terror student organization on campus here and at Harvard and at NYU and at Stanford and at Berkeley and at Northwestern, my two-year-old daughter is a legitimate target of resistance. That is what they are selling. You are allowed to murder and kidnap my two-year-old daughter in the name of resistance. He's in the minority here, though. Well, certainly on campus. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to hear that so plainly from someone on campus and so forcefully. And then one last thing I want to, to close with. Once again, I want to sort of stay focused on victims sure. of this massacre and some survival stories just because they're... Yep. You know, it gives us a little bit of a Limmer. break from the, the horror yeah. of the whole thing. I mean, this is horrific, but there is a, a light at the end of the story. Kai was just nine days old when Hamas terrorists tried to murder him and his parents. For hours, his parents held the door of their shelter in kibbutz, kibbutz Niram closed with all their strength against the terrorists, who eventually gave up and decided to burn down the house instead. The family hid in the smoking shelter for six hours. The smoke was harsh on little Kai, so his parents opened a window at great risk and lay him there for air while occasionally putting fingers in his mouth so his cries would not alert the terrorists. Miraculously, they were saved and are recovering. They did lose the family dog. I didn't put a trigger warning on that, so I didn't explain that part. But there's a picture of this tiny, tiny baby sitting in a windowsill at great risk to everyone. And thank God they're alive, and we'll continue praying for those who are still in Gaza and hope that they can be extracted.
quickly. Yeah. By the way, one more thing. Yeah. The hostages who have come back, their families members are family members are still in Gaza. The two Israelis, their husbands are there. So when people tell you, "Oh, look, she says they got great treatment." First uh-huh. of all, first of all, that treatment even if it was yeah. a spa, yeah, does not justify taking someone from their home forcibly and keeping them in Gaza for yeah. 2 weeks and separating them from their husbands, but also they have relatives there. So what they say will be monitored by the people keeping yeah. Their husbands. So just yeah. everybody keep that in mind. The the psychology of this is is weird. Okay. They're not being we... kidnapped. They're being detained. Yeah, that was another yeah. big media ass showing. Everybody's doing great. Yeah. Okay. Shall we move on to a speaker sure. race update? I don't know why. Why, Vic? Three weeks in. Do you remember after Matt Gates pulled off the, the his, his coup and he reassured the press outside with that massive gaggle on the steps of Capitol Hill saying, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get somebody. We'll get somebody. You know, Jim Jordan, cool. Steve Scalise is great. That's great. We're mm-hmm. going to do it. Could be as early as tomorrow. Three mm-hmm. weeks. That was three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. And now we're at, we basically, we have the same issue in the speaker's race as we do in the Republican primary, which yeah. is that there are a bunch of people running. There's a front runner now, Tom Emmer, who yes. is, again, Emmer. is a leadership. Minnesota member, yeah. which makes him oh. persona non grata to the right. Gates 8. However, he is the front runner, but there are a bunch of people siphoning on, off votes. I believe the second man in line is Byron Donalds at this yep. point, Florida, Florida congressman. So that's sort of where it stands. I know a couple of people have been dropping out, perhaps winnowing this field, they, so maybe yeah. it can be the two of them. But the, the problem with all of this, Vic, is that no matter who cobbles together the votes to be speaker has not cobbled together a governing coalition. No, 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 no. Again, by the time our listeners hear this show, there probably is a new nominee, I'm assuming. Hey, to emerge, again, we can to hope we, we can hope to curse it with our early tape. Yes, yes. So so there will be a nominee, but there that does not mean that the nominee gets 217 votes. Because, again, you're looking at Democrats who will vote no on every Republican, I imagine. And you're trying to convince, you know, five members of your own side not to be peeled off and 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 to vote for, you know, something like sanity. Yeah. The only end I know in sight, there is a definite end to this, and that would be the midterm elections where the Democrats, <laughs> the Democrats are going to make the case yeah. against dysfunction. You will not. I mean, these, it, that's it. They're going to say, "Do you want do you want more of this clown show or not?" Well, and it's an easy case to make. Yeah, yeah. Even We're though they help it cause as easy it, as possible. Still, yeah. Despite that, by the way, uh, I believe there was a Siena poll out today. Again, a real poll. I believe that's the New York Times Siena uh-huh. poll, okay. uh, showing Trump, uh, Trump far ahead of Biden in at least one swing state. Yeah, and he leads at least by four points in multiple battleground states. So, and he is, you know, he his his. All his former associates are beginning to turn on him because of the RICO case in Georgia. And that's basically how RICO works. And it was, you know, it's Sidney Powell and Cheesebro and another woman just out today is turning against him as well. It's going to be a mess. And at some point, I, I don't know if, if, if other Republican voters will think, you know, yes, I think he, I, I'm, I'm so sick and tired of uh, the Democrats and Biden and Harris and the mess that we're in. But maybe somebody besides Trump, I don't know if they get there. But right now, I mean, Trump has his hands full. I mean, but this is this speaks to, again, the matchup no one wants. And yet yeah. no one's bailing because yes. Biden's sort of occupying this spot. Harris hurtling. can't occupy the spot. toward this. Trump has a bunch of people at his back who want to, who either see the poll numbers and are yeah. like, well, he can win. So why would I move off of this guy? Or want to avenge him for yeah. alleged unfairness. Some of it genuinely unfair. Others yeah. of it self-imposed. Yeah. And we need a sound effect that is just 2024 race to the bottom. That is our. Yeah, we should do that. Uh, that should be the jingle. Should, yeah, okay, well, let's work on that. Okay. Okay. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I'm sure we'll figure it out by the time this, this airs, guys, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Just as okay. we said three weeks ago. Go ahead. <laughs> you wanted to talk right. quickly about Oregon schools? I do. No? Yeah. This is sort of emblematic of the, the face plant that all of education is doing. Mm-hmm right now. And oh, I, I had a thought while we were talking about the colleges. This is not a fully formed thought, but I, I do think <laughs> unusual I do think, in our podcast, but I know. 
I do think that what I've heard anecdotally, and I would, I would be interested in data on this, mm -hmm. is that especially in the D.C. area, a lot of the driven, like sort of overscheduled type affluent high school students, achievers, yes. who would have gone Ivy League or liberal arts northern, northeastern school mm -hmm. in the past, mm -hmm. are trying to go SEC state school, southern state schools. Yeah. Georgia in particular, I keep hearing from people, is very hard to get into. And I think the face plant from the elite universities will probably accelerate this trend a bit. Again, I would like to see actual data, but yeah. I think this is twofold because they didn't just face plant during the past two weeks. This has obviously been a growing trend of anti-free speech behavior mm -hmm. on campus and a sort of really special kind of intolerance. But they also, in Northeastern and elite universities, did not, in California universities, yeah. did not allow students to have a college career like a normal college existence for several years yep. and families noticed. Whereas if you go to Auburn, if you go to Georgia, if you go to you go Texas A&M, mm -hmm. you're not going to be shutting your dorm, taking dining hall food through a slot yep. like they are in Wuhan, right? Like yep. you're not going to end up yep. in that situation. And so I think the, the combo of those two things is leading to maybe a little bit of a, a sea change in where the driven students are driven to go. We'll see. Yeah. But you know where there are, you know where there will be no driven students? Oregon. Oregon. <laughs> the Oregon State Board of Education unanimously voted on Thursday to remove proof of mastery in reading, writing, and math in order to graduate from high school. Until 2029, the board argued that requiring all students to pass one of several standardized tests or to create an in-depth assignment their teacher judged as meeting state standards was a harmful hurdle for students of color, disabled students, or those learning English as a second language. The standardized tests will still be given, but will not play a role in determining whether students receive their diplomas. Equity. This is about equity. If we can't make everybody equally brilliant, we'll just make them equally dumb, you know, because, I, but as long as equity is achieved, that is the goal. It, 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 there's no other objective than that. So it's like, you know, these are people who, if they go to a doctor, maybe wasn't the best in medical school, but you know what? At least they know that equity was achieved when they're dying on the operating table or whatever it right. is, you know? I mean, so it's like, it's perfect. It's, it's for us, this makes absolutely no sense because you're making diplomas worthless and you are not helping these minorities or other, no. or any other, any other person who is in their, whatever their category is, you are not helping them in this way by saying, okay, well, don't worry about it. You don't have to go to school. You don't have to pass these tests or whatever. Here's your diploma. It makes it worthless and you're not helping them in real life. Not going to be helping us either, but it is a perfectly logical conclusion for those people and their sort of woke agenda. These institutions yeah. are failing and failing loudly, yeah. proudly. Right. That is, that's the thing I take away from it is like, do you want your kids subjected to this? And by the way, same problem as the pandemic when people when the woke demanded that schools be closed the practical result is more damage to those yeah. with less power with fewer resources but that doesn't seem to matter as they long as seem, the politics of it them. are quote-unquote correct that's right so this will not go well no. for students advantaged or disadvantaged in oregon but the the rich ones will get out of it without as much damage. That's, That's right. what will happen. Yeah. <sighs> uh, Speaking DC, of self-inflicted self problems, this is a scoop from Axios. The D.C. mayor is unveiling a new tough-on-crime package. Vic, are you ready for this one? Interesting, yeah. Okay. In the heat of a crime wave, this package would mark a U-turn for the Democratic city on policing reform, likely putting pitting Bowser against, Mario Bowser, the, the mayor here, mm -hmm. against progressive council Members, uh, the forthcoming bill would empower police to declare, quote, drug-free zones across the city for five-day spans, according to a preview of the legislation obtained by Axios, which leads one to ask, isn't the whole city supposed to be an illegal drug-free zone for all of the days? I guess we've, I mean, it, it illustrates how much we've just given away that concept. Yep. The measure is an effort to outlaw congregating in public spaces for the purchase, sale, or use of illegal drugs. They might not take care of that, but I'll tell you what they do do. They give me parking tickets. They take care yeah, of that. Yeah, no, they're really good about Real that. well. No. So other other features of this. And again, notice how each of these is a response to having shot themselves in the foot. Okay, sure. ready? Yeah. Number one, retail theft would carry stiffer, stiffer penalties via a new crime for, quote, directing organized retail theft. Turns out 
I guess it doesn't matter that those things are covered by insurance and it really does do damage. Wearing a mask while committing a crime would be outlawed again. What if, maybe... what, if you, what if you have COVID? Well, while you know, committing the crime. It's hard to say. You have to explain that to the judge. Okay. The legislation also revises the definition of a police chokehold. It would clarify the distinction between a serious use of force and incidental contact with the neck. Uh, Bowser's office declined to comment to Axios, uh, probably because people in many of her constituents or many of her adversaries who are left of her will get mad at her about this. It is amazing. The, uh, there is, you know, it finally dawns on her, right? She's getting mugged, so to speak, by reality in this way, just in this way, and saying we need to be tough on crime. We've talked about the pendulum. When is it going to swing? When do people in the city say enough? I'm still not convinced we're fully there, but I think we're beginning to see the pendulum slow down on one side. And that's, you know, again, post George Floyd, where we're like, hey, wait a minute, we might have gone a little bit too far. But it is a real problem for her that she has this city council to deal with. They seem to think that it's everybody else's fault, but the people committing the crimes. Right. You know, so, you know, carjackers or whatever. And if you if you don't have any consequences, you know, real consequences for people who you know, commit retail theft or they, 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 they do carjackings, then you're just going to have more of it. There was one, you know, a video that was recently uh, released of a, you know, of, of a, a robbery carjacking at the, at the DC wharf, which is a very nice part of town. Right. And it was organized, you know, young people coming out of a car to rob people, you know, well, standing congress- out. Congressional staffers are sort of, are, are oh, getting some yeah. of this as well, yeah, uh, we which know. obviously yeah. brings attention to yeah. it to Congress. Yeah, we, 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 my wife works with somebody who was, who was attacked, you know, stabbed, you know, in the head by somebody who had just been released. So, and I know somebody, you know, who, who, who is, you know, in broad daylight, just on his way to get lunch. And he would, he was attacked, you know, a a large group of obviously students not in school. So it's thoroughly depressing. No, and I, I do, I think some of the, the news that comes out of San Francisco, that comes out of Chicago that previews sort of what's further down this road. I mean, some of the video out of San Francisco, for instance, of very nice, formerly very yeah. nice neighborhoods with all shuttered businesses at this yeah. point, I think might be a bit of a wake-up call in addition to things that are actually happening in the city. I should This note, is what you want, uh, you know? This I should is... note it's not your it's not anyone's imagination. Homicides are up 34% yeah. compared to last year. And that's a very small number compared to the amount that carjackings are up. I, I'm, I approach the city very differently than I used to because yeah. it is just more dangerous. And this is something I object to in this whole under, underlying ideology yeah. driving so much of, of progressive circles is that it's never the fault of the person perpetrating the act No, as long as the person perpetrating the act can be put into an, a quote-unquote oppressed group. Right. And that is dangerous to a bunch of innocent people. That kind of thinking. Yeah. Because then you come up with this idea that this old man, for instance, can't drive down a street. I believe it was, was that Minnesota where that was caught on tape the other day? He drives into pro-Palestinian rally where they are blocking oh. an entire highway. Yeah. And they're trying to attack him and pull him out of his car. They are mobbing his car. And you don't have to sit there for that. You don't have to become the truck driver from the LA riots. Yeah. That is not your obligation. In that situation, but many on the left believe that is your obligation. That when you're carjacked, when you're mobbed, when you're mm-hmm. faced with a a mugging, yeah, when your 1,400 civilians are killed brutally, that you don't have a right to self-defense. And that is bull. And y'all should all get armed. Okay. There you go. Do you want to end it now or end on a different note? Let's end on a fun note. We okay, let's, the, let's give end the people on a, something let's, fun. Let's end on a, a smoky note, a flavorful Note, rich in character. This caught my eye, Mary Catherine, which is Sotheby's London is soon going to be auctioning off the Macallan 1926, which was aged in sherry casks for 60 years. Jeez. But if it's, I don't know if it's from 1926 and then it's just been sitting in in, in a bottle since 1986. Nevertheless, they expect to get between 900,000 and 1.4 million dollars for this bottle. And I get it to a certain extent. We all like an old scotch. You and a number of our friends were kind enough for my 50th birthday 
to get yes. me two 25-year-old scotches, which were very rich. Because that adds rich. up to 50. That adds up to 50. You, you remember our uh, a friend of ours, uh, John McCormick, said well, you know, he thought about two 18-year-olds and a 14-year-old, and that sounded inappropriate. <laughs> So didn't do that. Stuck with twenty fives, right? So like, let's 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 keep it clean here. It's uh, stuck with the two twenty fives, and and they are a delight for very special, rare occasions. Here is my concern: something that is sixty years. I don't know if it's meant. I, if you were to drink it, I don't know if it's meant to be drunk. Yeah, I know. Does it just sit around barrel. in a yeah. barrel? I'll tell you this: for example, bourbons, right? Okay. Sometimes you see these very expensive bourbons. Oh, aged in you know for twelve years, which. Unlike scotch, bourbon ages fast because, you know, where they age it in, in, in the in these in, in the the word is already escaping my mind the, the rick houses or whatever they call them it's driving me nuts and people are yelling at me I apologize but it's the it's the, <laughs> it's, it's it's where they keep the barrels okay you get very cold winters you get very hot summers the the, the wood expands contracts it's a fast advancing age process you keep it there so that's why it's like between two and four years is your typical bourbon. You keep it there for about, you know, I don't know, 12 years. It really gets to get a bit rich in the smoky department and other Is departments. Is it a rack house? Thank you. The rack house. Okay. I believe okay. it's the rack house. What did I say? I, I was going to say, I don't, I don't I have any say special... rickshaw because I'm having a stroke. Rickshaw, no, it says, rack house, It says, rick house. It says yeah. rack house or rick house. So. Oh, hey. Not there bad. You go. Okay. That might, okay. So might have been where I'm that came from. I'm completely off. I would be, I, I, that's my guess is that it's probably a bit rich. You would have to add a couple drops of water, but I don't know. I'd be happy with an 18 year old. Mary Catherine Scotch. Mary Catherine, are you a Scotch person? I'm not really, I'm not a smoky person in general. Yes. That's not my favorite Well, there are some blends flavor. that you would like, but yes. I was going to say, I used to think if you like bourbon, if you like Scotch, you like bourbon and vice versa. And I have, discovering more and more people who are just one or the other, particularly yes. bourbon people who are really not into scotch. I So the thing for me is that I feel like I should be a bourbon or a whiskey or even a scotch. I assume chick. you're a bourbon. Like, I, feel, I feel like that's girl. that's on brand for yes, me, totally. but it's really not my thing. I drink far more gin than brown oh. liquors. And I like bourbon in a good cocktail every now and then. I have tried good scotch and, and I, it is interesting but i would not say that i enjoy it it's like you know my, it's like oh yes. this is a fascinating flavor but that's so funny you know my mother-in-law when she doesn't like something and she's she goes, it's interesting oh what'd you think about that movie it was interesting oh so you thought it sucked okay okay finally if i may i want to give a call out to our friends at performance kitchen mary catherine it's an unofficial it's an unofficial sponsor uh, as long so as you feed vic Yes, Paul and Performance Kitchen, you get a shout out. And talk for food. So performancekitchen.com, they sent me meal kits, hoping if I if I liked it, I could say a few nice words about it. I loved it. Here you go. Their motto is food is medicine. And we're talking about medically tailored meals designed by doctors and registered dietitians. Look, this is so good for you. To combat chronic diseases, things like cancer, heart disease, immunity boost, diabetes. So I said to a friend of mine there, I said, Well, if they get something, if you have a special regimen for you know gout let me know and sure enough anti-inflammatory that means sweet and sour chicken with pineapples and bell peppers cuban style braised vegetables and beef go to performancekitchen.com you'll see if your check if your insurance provider covers it and if they do oh, they nice. will they will cover the meal for free if you qualify and you can just order it online they deliver it to your door paid for by your insurance if you qualify and it's also their brand ambassador is David Ortiz, Big Poppy. So, I mean, it's got to be good. Well, with you and Big Poppy, how can they oh, lose? Yeah, the two of us are such, you know, paragons of, of, of health. As soon as we're done taping this, I'm going to have my chicken enchilada stack. I kid you not. It's in the freezer. It's very easy to cook. So that's all I have for you today. Thank you, performancekitchen.com. That wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. You can follow me at NK Hammer on Twitter. You can follow the show at Getting Hammered Podcast on YouTube and Instagram. And you should. You can read my Outkick.com column on cancel culture and what it should and could look like. And, oh, I am performing. What? Thursday in D.C. as part of the D.C.'s Funniest Celebrity Gathering, which means I have to come wow. up with stand-up by Thursday. What would be your bet on whether I've done that yet, Vic? Well, you've done this before, haven't you? Actual stand-up, no. So if any of our listeners have, have tips, oh feel goodness. free to send them along. 
I, look, I can read a room and I can public speak. Yes. But this is a different animal. And How the long do you have who, to go up for? Just a few minutes. Good. Just a few minutes. And like, who knows who I'm up against? I haven't even looked. I'm, I'm afraid to look. Oh, but look, uh, I do I think DC's. I do no. think DC's funniest celebrity is like a fairly yes. low bar. But that means that if I failed, and I've failed a lot, right? It uh, might, by it the might way, even this, help this you all... to be on the early side versus the la- end side of it. Also, are, are you? Are, are you? Is it going to be? Are you working blue? What are you doing? Are you going to go in Red I'm Fox probably, or are you going Sinbad? No, I was thinking more like I want to be like. Am I like a lady Nate Bargatze? That's what I'm. He's okay. family friendly. Okay. He's funny. He's southern. Like he tells a lot of stories about his family. I feel like that's my wheelhouse. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah, but you know he's yeah. also very good and skilled, and I'm not those things. So you would we'll be great. I love to see a clip of this. I, I just this is exciting. Well, this is by the way to benefit the Fisher House Foundation. So happy to humiliate myself uh, on behalf of that cause. I'm also running the Travis Man or the uh, Marine Corps Marathon uh, 10K uh, on behalf of the Travis Manion Foundation. So maybe I'll put up a, a link for my fundraising for that as well. Look at me. You are trying to cover all, all my bases. All right, is it time to wrap it up? Let's wrap That's it up. Funny. Thanks, everybody, for getting hammered responsibly. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. Also, shout out Kurt Russell. Love you, dude.